When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So earlier today, there's an article that was put up on Zero Hedge, and it was sort of a commentary that went along with an op-ed that was submitted to Financial Times, and it was written by, get this, a central banker from India, a guy by the name of Rajit Patel. Yeah, you probably haven't heard of him either, but he's a governor at the Reserve Bank of India. That's that's India's central bank. This is a big deal. I mean, this isn't just some random guy, you know, with with a YouTube channel spouting his opinion on on the world economy. You know, that that's what I do almost every day of the week. No, no, this is this is legit. And and what he's talking about here is the damage that is being done to emerging markets, emerging economies like India, you know, uh, Turkey, Mexico, Argentina. Indonesia, you know, there's a lot of what you'd call emerging markets, the damage that is being done to them because of a dollar funding shortage. And he's talking about the two big reasons for this shortage. And and I want to talk about in this video today, how this, this dollar shortage, you know, over the short term, is causing a lot of issues in emerging markets, emerging economies, and how that is likely to eventually spill over because it's only going to get worse. It's going to spill over to to more developed economies like the European Union, like the United States or, or wherever else in the world that we're talking about. And how the Federal Reserve, the U.S. government will respond to this, these, um, you know, this, this, this contagion, if you will, and, and what that means for precious metals. So I want to link this to, to silver and gold as well, because I've been saying for a long time now that, you know, the next big catalyst for silver and gold is going to not only be, you know, some crash in the markets or, or, or our economy dipping into a recession. It's going to be the Federal Reserve and additionally the U.S. government acting on that. Right. It's going to be the Fed loosening their monetary policy, uh, you know, starting up the printing presses, you know, wipe, wiping away the cobwebs, starting up the printing presses and and lowering their interest rates again, possibly to to lower than they were last time. And of course, a lot of of, of um, I guess money printing or, or debt creation uh, that would be ultimately monetized by the federal government, a huge spending package and how this will be inflationary and how it will be. Uh, good for for silver and gold. How I think it will be a catalyst for them to head much higher. But but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. I want to start off with what this Urjit Patel has to talk about, and and he's got two big reasons for for why there's kind of a, a you know a borderline crisis in some emerging economies, emerging currencies right now. Again, talking about um, countries like like the Argentine peso, the the Turkish lira. Now, don't get me wrong; these economies. And, and the way that they are governed by by their by their central government, their central bank, or whatever. I'm not defending them by any means, but you know they're they're in uh, I guess precarious positions and and a um I guess a dollar shortage uh, because of of some of the reasons we're going to be talking about here. Definitely can exacerbate some of those issues, and it's a big part of why they're they're going through a rough period here. He gives two big reasons. Okay, and this is. A little bit of rehash of something I've talked about past here on this channel. The first one is the Federal Reserve. Okay, the Federal Reserve is 
doing reverse quantitative easing, quantitative tightening, if you will. And what that means is that they are slowly but surely removing liquidity from the system. Okay, so so the Fed, they have this huge balance sheet made up of, of you know, asset or mortgage-backed securities, and then you have treasury bonds, U.S. treasury bonds. And what they've been doing for a long time, you know, really since they, they kind of, this this the size of this balance sheet plateaued, is that as those assets have matured, so for instance, treasury bonds, once they mature, they've been reinvesting those back into the market. Well, they're slowly tapering that off, okay? So now uh, such amount, um, you know, uh, matures each month, and they're not going to reinvest that full amount. They're just going to basically destroy that money because, you know, ultimately they had to create money to, to uh, run up this balance sheet, and now they're destroying that money, okay? And this is basically removing liquidity from the system. Now, to put this in perspective, and, and Zero Hedge does a great job with this with a chart, but to put this in perspective, you know, according to my tally, the Fed has slowly been increasing the, the rate at which they're reducing this balance sheet. The first quarter of, it started in October, um, quarter four of, of 2017. The first quarter, it was just $10 billion a month. And then the second quarter is $20 billion a month. Now it's $30 billion a month. We're in, we're in Q2 or the third quarter of this tightening. And then, you know, by the fifth quarter, so October again of, of next year, um, it'll be bumped up to $50 billion a month. But thus far, you know, basically beginning of June, so, so we can't really count June yet. The Fed has basically run off, you know, roughly, you know, give or take, $150 billion off of their balance sheet, which sounds like a lot, okay? And and as this guy is talking about, this is taking away dollar liquidity from the system. You've already seen it to some, some extent in the U.S. stock markets, especially, you know, back in, in February and, and kind of since then. But you're especially seeing it in emerging markets, okay? They're, they're being hurt by this decrease in liquidity but but the crazy thing is is that this 150 billion dollars as much as it sounds like you know that's a, that's a that's a good chunk of change um this is just a fraction of the feds roughly you know they, they were up to i think 4.5 trillion dollars okay this is i'd say around three percent maybe a little over three percent of their entire balance sheet that they've actually let run off and so you know like i said the fed is going to be increasing this pace in july it's going to be 40 billion dollars a month and you know that's what um somebody can do the math 33 percent faster and then in in october it's going to go to from 40 to 50 so that's another what 20 percent faster um and and there's not really an end in sight. You know, eventually they're going to say, all right, this is kind of an arbitrary number. We're going to stop. This is what, you know, this is kind of what the Fed governors and presidents will not. This is what they kind of plan on doing. Of course, I don't think they're going to make it to the end of this of this plan of, of normalization of their balance sheet. But the big takeaway is that they are slowly tightening monetary policy. And, and they don't talk about it, I don't think, a lot in this. But also you could add into that the Fed um, raising the interest rates and, and kind of the effect that that has on the U.S. dollar and, and kind of the funding the, the funding markets for the U.S. dollar. Um, that's another great one. But but the other thing that is kind of soaking up this dollar liquidity in, in the system is not the Federal Reserve, but the federal government in a huge amount of debt issuance. I mean, we've been talking for a while how the Fed, or sorry, the federal government, how their their um, their deficit is is out of control on a yearly basis, how we're getting pretty close to the first trillion dollar yearly deficit in a non-recessionary environment. I mean, sure, we had plenty during, I'm guessing probably 2008, the Bush era, and then, then you know, a couple in, in Obama's term. 
first term at least but but you know that was in a recession there was a ton of spending less taxes coming in but now we're in a so-called you know period of growth right we, we just had a jobs number come out on was it friday that that looked pretty good and and you know unemployment the official number is supposed to be 3.8 percent and the economy is doing great and everything but the government is is just going crazy on this debt binge and it only gets worse because interest rates are relatively high you know relatively speaking to, to six months ago to a year ago um you know the, the u.s 10 years around three percent maybe just shy of three percent right now um uh, but but i mean three percent on 21 plus trillion dollars is that's a lot you know and and maybe it's slightly lower for for a, a two-year bond or or six month or something like that but but it's still rising and and the amount that the fed has to pay on this debt in terms of an interest rate is still rising but but the big takeaway here is that 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 the fed is the federal government they're they're issuing all these bonds into the economy and and how do you buy u.s treasury bonds i mean you're essentially funding the u.s government with u.s dollars i mean the the federal government is not going to pay for whatever expenses with with euros or yen or yuan or or pounds or whatever no you have to buy these with u.s dollars just like you're you know collecting that money in u.s dollars okay and so when they issue more and more bonds more and more debt is piling up you're gonna have that kind of soak up the the u.s dollar uh out of the system and it impairs this liquidity all right and so let's look big picture here okay and and by big picture i guess i should be saying long term okay how does this play out okay this this tightening has been going on since october it's progressively getting uh it's 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 moving at a faster and faster pace all right additionally the federal government is is issuing more and more debt you know it's unclear exactly uh, you know i i guess i'm not entirely sure how you know how much how fast will will the um i guess debt issuance by the federal government increase over the next year or two you know kind of looking long term here but you know th- this this dollar liquidity system or, or problem is not going to go away if the government and the federal reserve continue on their current path and so what does this mean for emerging markets for emerging economies it means situations that the credit markets whatever liquidity it's going to get tighter and tighter they're going to feel a greater and greater pinch. You're going to have more and more economies kind of get hit by this, you know, domino effect of these emerging markets. I mean, already we've seen Argentina kind of go through some issues, um, Turkey and and their currency. You know, they've kind of been, um, I guess, struggling to, to put it lightly. Uh, Mexico. I mean, Mexico has some some big. Um, I think they have their their nationwide elections coming up, and I think the second half of this year. And and they're already you know I I would definitely put Mexico on the list of ones to to watch and of course India I mean India's a fairly large economy um, a massive population and this is something the Indian Central Bank you know governor of their central bank is is talking about here you know there 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 are many many more that we can talk about and I, I don't want to get bogged down in all the details about all these individual countries but I think we can expect that this to to kind of affect more and more emerging markets and eventually. Uh, developed economies as well right like the eu or or japan or wherever you know i think we can expect this to to spread to more and more countries um partly because maybe the dollar shortage and partly just because of um well these emerging markets and 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 kind of their economies as well tanking right doing poorly and kind of spreading to some of these um more developed 
uh, economies. I mean, think about maybe the interconnectedness between a country like Mexico and the United States, right? Not, not you know, super intertwined, right? We're, we're not talking something like, like um, I don't know, maybe two neighboring EU nations or something like that. Uh, but, but yeah, there, there is a fair mind, you know, if, if Mexico's economy crashes, it doesn't mean that, that the U.S. is suddenly going to be in a recession. But, you know, if, if Mexico starts to do poorly, right, and then we have some bubbles maybe in, in Australia and, of course, Canada, you know, if we start to see maybe some financial crises there, both both those countries are, are well overdue for them, then you start to see some pressure on the U.S. economy or, or with Australia, maybe some pressure on the Chinese economy. You know, this this I mean, this is how, you know, this is how the dominoes eventually, I think, will will fall. And, and so all of a sudden, it's not just, you know, the Malaysian stock market or, or the Turkish or whatever, or the currencies, respective currencies that are doing poorly. Now it's spilling over to EU member nations and, and, and the United States and, and uh, Japan and, and China. Um, and, and, you know, where do we go from there? I mean, all of a sudden the U.S., okay, let's let's say the U.S. is, is all of a sudden starts doing poorly in terms of economic growth and, and the stock markets. The U.S. government maybe tries to pump up their spending. Maybe they can pump up the economy a bit. Maybe they can, um, you know, uh, maybe they've been taking in less taxes. But what is that going to do to dollar liquidity? I mean, they're going to have to issue more and more debt if they're taking in less taxes or increasing spending. The Fed, as, we far, as far as we know, they don't plan on slowing down this this tightening cycle, except in extraordinary circumstances. So I do think that they're, you know, they're going to let this run a little bit longer, right? I couldn't tell you how long. I don't think it's so much we have to guess at how long. I think we have to guess at, you know, what is it going to be that will kind of make the Fed uh, kind of give up on this tightening cycle and kind of admit that, you know, throw in the towel and, and basically say we've we've lost you know, we, we, we have to, we have to start loosening monetary policy. They won't frame it that way, of course, but, but, you know, we have to ask ourselves, what will it take? Is it going to be some emerging markets? So some turmoil in, in, in these economies? No, I think it's going to have to be a little bit bigger, but the bigger and bigger it gets, the more, um, you know, bonds, U S government issues, the more dollars that are soaked up between that and, and the, the quantitative tightening, um, the, the, the worse it's going to be when this all kind of pops okay and that's where silver and gold come in that's where silver and gold come in because eventually you know the fed is going to to step in right uh you know just like with with you know some of my recent videos talking about like deutsche bank you know if deutsche bank goes under if if they you know experience a a crisis right um you know run on the banks or whatever for you know we, we can be somewhat certain that that the German government is going to be there to bail them out. As unpopular as it would be, I'm sure, with German citizens as well as with the rest of the European Union, they're probably going to do it, okay? Just like if if the stock market crashes tomorrow, it drops by 50% over the next you know month or, or all of a sudden the recession, or sorry, the economy dips into a deep, deep recession, again, according to, to official government numbers, and, and unemployment skyrockets and, and inflation is whatever, we're deep deep deflation whatever the case is you, you know that eventually the fed's probably going to step in just like they have in the past okay and so what are they going to do if, if if there is a dollar shortage if there's a lack of liquidity how do you solve that issue right you're going to pump some dollars into the system you're going to print money you can do quantitative easing or or lower your interest rates to you know, 
negative, whatever, um, whatever it takes. Honestly, that's what the Fed is. That's the, the Fed is going to be in the whatever it takes mode once again. Um, and, and, you know, the government debt, if, if, if the government is, is printing more and more money, well, the Fed is going to step in and, and sorry, taking on more and more debt. The Fed is going to step in by printing in more and more money. They're going to monetize that debt because, you know, the, the markets are just not going to be able to, I guess, fund all those bond purchases eventually. Uh, interest rates will be rising if, if the Fed doesn't step in and it's going to be hurting this, this dollar, um, you know, funding this this dollar liquidity system um and and you know ultimately I, end game here i think how i see this playing out is 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 it gets bad the fed steps in okay and if nothing else that crisis that 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 period of significant uncertainty i don't know what exactly what shape it will take that's gonna spook the markets and, and it's gonna spook precious metals i think in a good way i mean they are in some ways fear assets but it's gonna be the fed stepping in that will, will really send them higher as as a catalyst i don't think the run will be over there at, at that point i think what happens beyond that is that the fed is is going to overshoot right they're gonna they're gonna pump too much do, too many dollars into the system they're gonna lower interest rates too much they're gonna loosen monetary policy too much and and then because of that then we have some some much bigger issues um kind of going on for for the u.s dollar i think at that point what you'll see happen is is a lot of these u.s dollars abroad governments institutional investors or or financial institutions central banks whatever they're going to start kind of bringing those u.s dollars back into the system that, that they've taken out for so long now those dollars inevitably will find it back to the to the u.s economy and additionally you're also going to think you're probably going to see a lot of, of governments like China, potentially Japan as well, sell off a lot of their their U.S. their U.S. Treasury bonds, which they hold a lot of between those two countries, China and Japan. And you know, what is that going to do to the U.S. dollar system? <laughs> That's anybody's guess. I, I think um, you know, if you dump a bunch of those onto the market, one would think that that would. Um, well, it would soak up a lot of, of dollars, right? But I guess we have to remind ourselves that the Fed is once again going to step in and in, in kind of probably facilitate those purchases as well. You can see the, the Fed balance sheet really, really get bloated like it never has been before. More and more dollars in the system, and you're going to have all these U.S. dollars returning to the U.S. economy, and, and you get inflation. I mean, that's ultimately, I think what the end game is going to be. And that's going to be, that's going to be great for silver and gold. Um, I, I've made many times in the past a case for silver and gold, if nothing else, at least make pay, you know, keeping up with that inflation while bonds are, you know, they're denominated in dollars. Of course, they're going to be, um, poor, poor investments. I think, uh, you're going to have stocks and of course stocks, you know, who, who knows how these governments will do, sorry, companies will do in such a, a such an environment. A lot of them, I don't think will survive, um, and, and their profits, if they do, won't be very good. Stock valuations won't necessarily sink. I think you'll see a lot of companies go bankrupt. But, but you know, stocks can be propped up by, by central bank and, and whatnot. Um, but, but then, you know, precious metals, I don't, I don't think they're only going to keep up with this decline in currencies. I think, I think they're going to outpace it. I do. I, I think you're going to see a lot of people um, really rush into the market. I mean, there are people that already have bought into it uh, at the institutional level you can look at a bank like jp morgan okay great example at the sovereign level china russia been really hoarding their 
gold. Okay, of course, JP Morgan is it's with silver. There's plenty of, of, of people that have been buying, not just stackers like you and I getting the silver and gold delivered to our doorstep, but even people that, that buy that silver and gold and have it stored in a vault, right? Uh, some sort of a custodian account. But, but then you're going to really see it kind of go mainstream in a way. You know, I, I'm hoping fully mainstream as, as we really see fiat currencies be shown for what they are. I mean, basically worth nothing more than the, than the uh, paper they're printed on. And, and then you're going to see a real rush to, to, to physical assets, tangible assets like, like precious metals um, and certainly other things as well. But precious metals, I think, um, are kind of one of the natural places for, for all of this money to go. And, and you know, just a reminder, the, the, the world financial system, whether we're talking about derivatives, stocks, bonds, even just currencies, massive massive markets compared to the size of something like the silver market. I mean, the silver market last year, it was what, roughly a billion ounces for rounding purposes, a billion ounces uh, brought onto the market. And, and you're selling that at, you know, 16, 17, $18 an ounce, you know, tops 20 billion, you know, if, if again, if we're going to round it, make it nice $20 billion market, compare that to the size of the bond markets, the, the currency markets, stock markets, derivatives, it, it doesn't take a huge amount of money to flow into precious metals to, to really make them pop. And, and like I said, this, this uh, weak, weaker monetary policy from the Fed, which I think eventually is going to be triggered by some sort of a crisis or, or, or contagion, um, that's just going to be the catalyst for silver and gold. I think that's just the beginning. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. Um, again, I've been talking about this a bit lately, but I am on some different podcast sites now. Um, I appreciate you guys listening on YouTube. I get a lot of analytics. There's great conversation here, but you know, I don't know. I, I kind of want to expand this this plat not this platform this this channel. You know what I have to say to I guess as many people as I can um, through podcasts. And so you know, I signed up under something called Anchor, and 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 you know that's its own podcast platform. I don't know how how big it is, but but it gets um, it basically. Uh, signs you up for, you know, it, it distributes your podcast to a whole bunch of other platforms as well. So, you know, eventually I'll probably have to ask them. I don't think I'm on it yet, but eventually I think they're going to sign me up for, you know, Google Play or, or iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts. I'm already on some other ones, um, Pocket Cast, something like Stitcher or something like that, and and probably some other ones along the way. So so look out for those. Um, but, but, you know, those of you guys that are here on YouTube, very thankful for you guys for, for continuing to support me. Of course, you know, liking, subscribing, um, commenting on this video, any of those things help me out a ton. And of course, if you, if you are in the market for, if you're a silver stacker, there's a link below in the description for a, a 10 ounce silver bar at spot price from SD bullion. Uh, it's, it's a great way to help out this channel and it's, you know, it's a great price. You know, it's a great way to, to stack your silver at a reasonably low cost. Um, so, so definitely check out that as well. So as always, I'd like to thank you once again from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.